quick note for listeners. This podcast may contain strong language. Parents, it's up to you to decide what your kids may or may not listen to. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Favorites Podcast, an exploration of the best in music, movies, and books, according to people like you. Each of our guests share their current favorites in music, movies, or books, and discusses their answers with us, your hosts, Heidi and Jenny. Listen along as we explore personal connections to entertainment, uncover what is really behind our love of music, movies, and books, and how these mediums can deeply influence our lives. Got an idea for a question or guest that you'd like to share? Email us at thefavoritespodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to the Favorites Podcast. This is Jenny. And this is Heidi. And uh, today's interview was with uh, Heidi's good friend, Mindy Headball. And there are some really fun questions to listen for in today's podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about her favorite book by her favorite author? Yeah. So she has a really interesting story with her parents and their time in the Philippines. And I'm not going to give it away, but... There is a history here with Kansas, mm-hmm. and so some of you might already know the story. Yeah, so it was really interesting to talk to her about that, and um, then her other favorite book. Um, her favorite spiritual or inspirational right. book, religious book, was the Bible, and um, she has some really thoughtful and awesome reasoning behind that being her favorite spiritual book so everybody check that out as well yeah so we hope you enjoy this podcast and without further ado our interview with mindy we have a very special guest one of my great friends today mindy headball hi mindy hi thanks for being here thank you guys so much for having me and she's going to talk about her favorite books yes Yes. So before we get started, we always like to get to know you a little bit better. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Tell us um, where were you born and where do you live now? I was actually, I have kind of an interesting growing up. I was born um, overseas Mm -hmm. in the Philippines. My parents were missionary. uh, We were a missionary family. And so I was born, raised overseas, lived there till I was 12. And now I live in the middle of the world in Kansas, in the middle of the U.S. in Rosedale, Kansas. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So how do you spend most of your days? Do you have a career or what's... I stay home with my little kids. Awesome. That is a very important career. Yes. Yes. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and I live to please them. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's what I do. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my kiddos are six and four, oh, so fun. I just, yeah, little life enhancers. Yes, that's very true. That's very true. Humbling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Or drive you crazy. I don't yes. know. Yeah. Both, both. 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 So when you do find time to read books. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell us, um, like, what's kind of like your natural relationship with books? I was thinking about this the other day, and I think that my memories of books growing up were always, like, where I read the book or, like, how I felt when I read the book. And so that was – it was so hard for me to pick from all, like, what's my favorite, you know, blah, 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 because I feel like my, like, relationship to books is more, like, where I was at that time in my life or something like that. So, um, yeah, I just remember like grabbing a book and climbing a tree if I wanted to, or, so I feel like, um, 
books has just been something that was natural all yeah. growing up and it's a little less natural <laughs> now that I have kids and have to make time yeah. to, to do it. It feels more like a discipline. Sometimes it's very fulfilling, right. um, but it doesn't feel as like natural. Yeah. You know I mean? So yeah. that's how it yeah. started. I agree me. with that, that, that when I was a kid, it was much more fluid. Yeah. And now as an adult, it's like we have to carve out the time yes. to do it. And sometimes we have to decide, we kind of chatted a little bit before we started today and we, chatted about she said something about tv and that's how i feel Mm -hmm. is that it's like do i want to watch tv with my husband Mm -hmm. or do i want to read this book yeah exactly (laughs) and making that kind of time commitment to reading yeah even though it makes your soul feel Mm -hmm. wonderful right and so to call it a hobby now feels almost like cheating because before it was just it was a true hobby and now it feels a little bit more like a forced you know discipline um type of thing but it was always something that i loved to do it was always a natural um, experience that I liked. Yeah. So it seems like that kind of like effortless connection is just kind of part of the foundation for why you might love books now. Yeah, I think so. So how do you, um, overcome (laughs) not being able to have such an effortless relationship with books now? Well, I think, um, it's easy once I finish a book and I loved it Uh, and I have the story and I remember, I realized how much it helped me even during it. If I hate something that's going on in the book, I'll be like, persevere. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Life lessons. Life lessons, yes. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like it still is worth it. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So. The juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's a very life coach thing to say. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'll cool. Thank you. It's so fun getting <laughs> to know you. <laughs> okay. So we always talk about, we have our little disclaimer and we say Mm. that this is the favorites of right now because Mm -hmm. like you said, it's difficult and we acknowledge that it's really difficult to talk about what our favorites of all time are Mm -hmm. because it's ever changing. We're ever changing as people and sometimes they're just stuck in certain moments. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but we're going to try to jump in and make you make that decision. Okay. Sounds good. Sorry. Okay, we're going to jump right in and make you make that decision with what is your favorite book? So this was hard, and I'm surprised at the book that I wrote down um, because I read this when I was, I want to say, like, uh, I think I was early high school when I read this book, and it was one that I my grandparents had on their shelf, and mm-hmm. I was just with them at the time, and I read it, and... Um, so I re- read it, and then as soon as it was done, I was like, I need to read that again. Oh, and wow. that was, like, the first time that that had ever happened to me, where I was like, I didn't I didn't understand the beginning now. I need to read it again. Yeah. So that's, like, and I rarely even have that feeling now. Like, usually when I read a book, I put it down, and I'm like, I'm glad I read that, but I don't need to read it again. Yeah. So this was the first book that, like, was like, I need to read that again. So tell us what book it is. Okay, it's Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. I believe it's a French name, so I think I'm pronouncing it right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Legit. But it's, I don't even know if it's its technically a classic, but it was from 1938, and I love that it's an old time, I, I kind of, I'm an old soul, kind of, and so I like the classics, I like mm-hmm. um, the older books, and so, um, but I was surprised because it was the only mystery that I think I wrote down on any of my yeah. favorites list, and it's an old mystery, but what I loved about it was like, 
I think the creepy characters in it uh-huh. and the creepy like ambiance that I was able to pick up on like her wording and stuff without it actually terrifying me by like graphic yeah I don't know uh, wording and stuff but like the ambiance of like what was going on around was kind of creepy oh, so any, but I don't want to give too much away but of I think anybody listening is like yeah I've read Rebecca that. come That's on <laughs> but um anyway but so it's a mystery novel about um a girl who marries this guy she barely knows and then gets into all this stuff about um who is this guy and mm-hmm. why did I marry him because of all the creepy things that happen around his house and stuff like that so um, that's, that was my favorite. And I read it so long ago. I'm like, I need to read this again. and <laughs> like, remember. Why yes, I so totally. Much, but... It's a good reminder. So that's, that's my favorite. This is fascinating because when I saw your response, I was like, I know that I've read Rebecca uh-huh. before. I can't remember how old I was, uh-huh. but I remember reading it, uh-huh. you know, and I remember being impacted with it by it. And also it was like on my mom's bookshelf. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just kind of like, a, I need to read this kind yes. of moment of like reaching for it and just being like, yep, I'm going yeah. to read this And now. it's actually still one of the only books of my favorites that I have on my shelf. So oh, wow. I know right where it is. Like I just, it's just made it yeah. through. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. Love that. I know. So the book I read when I was a kid for my mom was Cujo. (laughs) I was in fifth grade, everyone, and that was terrifying. Yes, it would be. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think, well, I'm going to say I don't think my mom knew. I'm pretty sure almost positive my mom didn't know I read it. I just kind of snuck read it. (laughs) That's who I was. I didn't sneak bad things. I snuck reading. (laughs) So naughty. Yeah. Stephen King, and then I think I'd read almost every book. Well, you know, up until the time, sure. till um, by high school, you I just said devoured I didn't have any them. Stephen King on my list. Mm. I don't have any Stephen King on my list. Sad. Yeah, it, I mean, I can definitely relate. Like with Stephen King, that his books definitely hold a place in my heart. But it's like has something new come out that is like holding my attention right now. Mm. You know, and I think that's probably why a lot of people wouldn't put him, like, up on the mm-hmm. list very far. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's someone who's going to have it as the number one. Yeah, well, we'll find out. I have to say, not that this is uh, my favorites, but I have to say that there are aspects of his books. So, like, I probably wouldn't put his books anywhere in my favorites either. Mm-hmm. Maybe horror. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I can say, which is I think the great idea of books is that there are certain times in my life where I'm at certain places or certain experiences that I recall things that he wrote. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, yes. so like for instance, the shining, okay. I mean, right, come right, on, right. anytime you're in a hotel corridor, you're like, uh Oh, yeah. what's right. going to happen now? <laughs> yeah. But there's also, and I, I think this was from the skeleton key, but he um, wrote this like little short snippet about this tiger being at the end of, a bathroom stall and this kid goes it's like a recital or something I don't even know if I'm remembering it correctly and he goes into the bathroom and he's like terrified of the tiger uh-huh. and every time I go to a public restroom oh my God. by myself and it's like at night <laughs> there's gonna be a tiger yeah exactly it doesn't make any sense so I think that's something cool that he did yeah. okay so yeah. I digress totally okay, well, pervasive I'll read Stephen King now, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so find my favorite so that you can have so you can have frightening yeah, yeah. flashbacks yeah. Yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> it's part of everyone's lives it's fine mm-hmm. it's fine <laughs> 
Okay, so let's move away from the fiction and uh, tell us about your favorite nonfiction book. Okay, so I think I love nonfiction more than I love fiction. <laughs> As I do. was writing it down, I was like, that's nonfiction, that's nonfiction. Uh-huh. So I love real, st- I feel like people have such real, awesome stories. Yeah. And so I love reading people's stories. And I think we cut a couple of. I was writing my favorites, and I was like, that's World War II, that's World War II, that's oh, World yeah. War II. So this <laughs> is a story about um, World War II and this Cory Ten Boom. Uh, she, she hid Nazis in her house. Or not mm-hmm. Nazis, sorry. She hid Jews in her house yeah. from Nazis and then got imprisoned for it in her story of being in a concentration camp. Um, and, uh, well, her story before that, but, like, how she hid the Jews and then being arrested and right. being in the concentration camp. And, um, yeah, I just loved it. Um, her attitude in the end even was just, um, I don't know. It was shocking that she can go through something so terrible and be so brave and then have it be end horribly for her wow. and still have such a good attitude about it. Yeah. So, um, I think that one's always going to be one that sticks with me. And that's one that I read on audiobook. And so I remember like painting um, <laughs> my living room as I was listening to her book on audio and um, just like crying. And, oh my you know, gosh. I know. Yes. It doesn't take much. You were in cry, her story. Yes, I was. I was oh. in her story. So I loved that one. And what's the name of that book? Um, the Hiding Place okay. by Corey Ten Boom. Yep. Awesome. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Those types of, I mean, I mean, memoirs all all day. All I day I'll do too. a memoir. Me <laughs> that yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. Especially when it's the kind of situation that, you know, is is like larger than life. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's even real, but you know that it is real. Mm-hmm. That's what's fascinating to me. I know. And then on top of that, like what you're saying, like for her to have like an optimistic yeah. view of her life yeah. then after that, that's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also... Uh, reason why we have this podcast is it these are mini memoirs yeah you know so we're getting to know everybody that is a guest in their own way through their favorites yeah yeah okay so we're going to jump to something a little bit different and we're going to talk about your favorite fantasy sci-fi book (laughs) and what is that uh the chronicles of narnia by c.s lewis Uh and i had a hard time with this i was like i like harry potter I like, like, I like sci-fi and fantasy, um, which was surprising. I didn't realize that I'd read so many, I guess. Um, but these were my favorite. I mean, my mom would read to me as a kid. And so these were ones that I remember reading when I was young, Mm. but then I would pick up again when I was in middle school. And then I read some in high school and I read them now with, and my husband reads them now. And it's like one of those that I just feel like never will get old. Like, I feel like I could read it again in 10, 20, 30 years and still, like, um, love it just mm-hmm. the same. So um, I, I don't even – I was thinking, like, what's my favorite of the Chronicles of Narnia? And I don't even know if I can pick one. I just read again um, – we have them on audiobook again. And so we read The, the Horse and His Boy mm-hmm. on our way to Georgia just this last Thanksgiving. So I don't, I don't know if I could pick one, but I just loved – all of them. And Always. I think also you learn different things from, mm-hmm. you know, like each time you read it, there's so much depth mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And like, what you we'll so be, like the difference, sorry. Sure. And we'll be like, um, driving and I'll look over and my husband Andy is like crying and I'm like, Oh, Oh, oh this, this <laughs> back, resonates with you. Like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> like, like, why do you like this so much? 
much, you know, so to talk about what it means to different people at the time is really fascinating. So, yeah. yep. When it comes to Chronicles of Narnia, do you have a favorite character? Or is it just the story in general that draws you in? So, I think that I would say that I love um, Edmund in like, uh-huh. The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Well, because he's the one who kind of goes a full circle of, like, betrayal yes. and then being redeemed by that and, like, plays such a key role in, like, the whole kind of um, how... Uh, the whole story goes. I don't know. He plays such a key part in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Especially. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, like, um, I don't know. I think probably he's a very relatable character. And everybody gets mad at him, but then everybody is okay with him. Right. Because of Aslan, you know, taking it on himself and stuff. So I just think that, I don't know, he's a relatable character. He's a very, like, innocent desire to just yeah. be wanted and to have nice things. Yeah. And, you know, to be important and like, mm-hmm. who hasn't like, yes, felt that before, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I think I I watched the movie. There's old movies. Have you guys seen the old movies? No. So I watched the old movies. I think before I read them, and you instantly hate Edmund. You're like, oh. why? Why would you do that? But then as I read it, I'm like, oh well, of course. Like that's what I want too. Yeah. I want to be treated nicely, and I don't. Right. I want people to like me, and of course, I would probably do the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I feel like the books um, really opened up a different Edmund than I had known before. Okay, so tell us about your um, your favorite book by your favorite author. Oh, okay. So I told you guys earlier that I grew up in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And so the whole reason why we're in Kansas <laughs> is because of my parents. And they... This, this is a true story. I, <laughs> memoir material, baby. Yeah. But, but uh, my parents were went on vacation in the Philippines, and they were kidnapped by uh, Muslim extremists and held hostage for a year. And so they have, like, it's a real story. Yes. And they have um, a real year of living that while we were taken to live with other family. And yes, Kansas. I remember when this was happening. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. So I have to say that my favorite author is my mom because oh, she's because she's written two books and one of them is about her story in that year and then the other one um, is about um, just what she's learned since then. So her two wow. books are um, In the Presence of My Enemies by Grace Burnham and then To Fly Again by Grace Burnham. Oh, so wow. those, those have to be my favorite because she's my favorite author. <laughs> <laughs> and then... So these things happened when you were a child. Yeah. And and the events were pretty tragic, mm-hmm. clearly. So you've gone back and read the books now yeah. as an adult. Yes. How what what was the impact there? Like, because I'm sure you found out information that you didn't know. Yeah, your, which, which your is funny. Idea of uh-huh, it was different because I didn't think that I would find out anything different because she travels and speaks, and so we would go with her and hear her stories. Right. I didn't think that I needed to learn anything new. And um, what was shocking is that I I didn't know everything, especially her and my dad's love story. I loved hearing that kind of from, like, start to finish. And I think just the emotional part of it, I just wasn't able to, I don't know, get all of it. And when you sit down and read a book, you you feel like you know the person and their emotions and stuff. So I feel like it was um, really good for my healing (laughs) and for, like, me, um, especially I was in college when I read them and, Mm -hmm. like, getting, I think I was dating my husband at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think it was like a really important time for me to read that book. So I'm, I used to be like, 
ashamed that I hadn't read them huh. um, until that point. But I'm really thankful of it was of the right. Time. It was the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. That's amazing. So, mm-hmm. And what a cool um, just like ability for you to be able to drop into that space where yeah. your mom was at. You yeah, know, for sure. Uh, especially I'm sure as you get older. Yeah, and when you're young, you you can't even process yeah. emotions like you do when you're an adult. And so learning that. I think I've learned a lot about um, trauma and stuff, and even like in kids, you know, you're not able. You just do the next thing. You're not right. Able to, like, yeah, it just doesn't go any farther right. than that. Right, and so then as an adult, to like be able to like relive those emotions mm-hmm. and like I remember how I was feeling at that time. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I couldn't like express it. So right. it was really good for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, it's beautiful. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, like, you know, tragedy happens. <laughs> That's just part of the cycle of life. And, you know, we all, we all find our own ways to cope or integrate or push it away and however that may be. Mm-hmm. So it's so brave and amazing that your mom's way of coping with it was to write a book and yeah. to speak about her experience yeah. and, you know, to have that, gosh, I wish my mom would write a book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, I think, I think everybody has a story to tell, you know, right. and um, she, because of, just the time, even when that happened, that happened right before September 11. So wow. she was able to come back and she got a book contract pretty quickly. Yeah. Just because, I mean, it was on everybody's minds now mm-hmm. because of just terrorism in general. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she wrote that book very quickly after she got back. Yeah. So, so does she go speak about her experience? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. She does. Yep. Yeah. So what kind of audiences is she speaking to? She speaks to anybody that will have her. She's, oh, yeah. well, well, she's spoken to, what's, what's weird is she speaks to like Rotary Club members uh-huh. and stuff. And then she'll go speak at this tiny little church uh-huh. um, in the middle of nowhere. And then she's been in Canada at like um, missions conferences wow. and stuff. She does a lot of um, Voice of the Martyrs conferences. So mm-hmm. my dad is technically... I suppose, um, a martyr for, you know, dying for his faith is what, mm-hmm. and she, she wonders if that's, you know, necessarily true. They were on vacation, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. So I think she has a hard time with that, but you know, um, the circumstances are, we were missionaries overseas. And so he yeah. was, um, so he died in, I'm giving spoiler alert. He died in <laughs> the story. And, um, so she comes back and does a lot of conferences for Voice mm-hmm. of the Martyrs because they've done a ton for our family and a ton for, um, her and, um, so she speaks at conferences about, um, people who are persecuted even now overseas that you don't, you know, you don't hear on the news, but she has a voice for that. So relevant even now. So, I mean, it's incredible to hear about her turning that tragedy into something so incredible now. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't have a good segue for this. <laughs> right. What's your favorite fiction book? So, good. <laughs> so I feel like this, my favorite fiction book, could also be um, a child. It is a children's book, I believe. Um, but I feel like um, it just speaks to everybody. I, I It's Wonder by R.J. Palacio. I think I'm pronouncing uh-huh. that right. And... Um, Funny thing is, I think I heard about this on Kelly Ripa's show, Live with Kelly. <laughs> Kelly Ripa. I love that show. I think I was um, nursing my baby girl when I was watching. You know, mm-hmm. that's when you have time to watch morning oh television. Oh, my God. I watched so much TV when I was breastfeeding. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> New babies. So yeah. I was watching this show, and uh, um, Kelly says, you have to. I read this with my son, and we loved it. And I looked at it, and um, so it's a story about 
a deformed, a disfigured um, boy who has been disfigured his whole life and then been homeschooled and then has to go to regular school. And I think at the time, how the, why this register uh, resonated so well with me, my daughter was born with one of the things that, one of the many dis- disfigurements that oh this boy gosh. had. And I didn't, I don't know if I knew that when I picked up the book, but it like, I was like, oh my goodness. She was, my daughter was born without an ear. Uh-huh. So she has just on one side, um, microtia is what it's called. And this little boy has it on both ears wow. and like the whole nine yards. So it was like, it was just kind of um, interesting for me to read. And then uh, I think, like, realizing, I don't know, they just such, did such a good job. It's a fiction book. Wow. But it's so, like, real and believable. And the little boy, like, all that he goes through is just so uh, tragic in some ways. But then also just such kind of like a coming-of-age story. Right. So I yeah. love it. Um, and I can't wait to read it to my little boy. You know, it's it's one of those oh, yeah. that you want to, like, pass on forever. Of course, yeah. So, and it teaches, I mean, I think the whole general theme of the book is be kind, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Choose kind, I think is what, like, anyway, how it goes. But, and a movie's coming out. Oh, so really? Like, oh, Julia cool. Roberts movie. Uh, so you know it's going to be good, right? Heck yeah. So I can't awesome. wait to see the movie. Yeah. So, But it's not very old. I think it, me, my daughter was born in 2014. Uh-huh. So it must, it's, I think, that new. <laughs> Maybe. I'm excited. That's so awesome yeah. that, um, you know, I love thinking about, like, the circumstances that have to happen in order for you to, like, receive those little divine Right. I, would, uh, yes, I totally you know? would not have even yeah. thought about it if she had said, you know, read this book. And I was, I was like, no, I'm not going to read that right. book. You know? Right. <laughs> I'm like, of yeah. course I'm going to read that book. I need that book. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And now it's made an impact. Yes. And potentially that butterfly effect can, yes. you know, affect your son and others. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, But, like, yeah. Just, I think when I was going to school, seeing differences in other kids, like, I just... I didn't even think twice. Like, I stayed kind of away. I was just, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't know, go out of my way for any sort of, I don't know, if it didn't benefit me, I probably didn't really do it type of thing. And this book was just kind of eye-opening to, like, help you see outside of yourself. Yes. Yeah. And understand that, man, I should have been nicer to that kid that sat next to me. Like, <laughs> anyway. Well, I mean, it's so <laughs> human to, you know, like, those little moments, they seem so innocuous, you know, where, like, maybe there's a little flicker of, like, maybe I should go say something, mm-hmm. and then it just passes by, you yes. know, you really have to chase yes, it, you, do. you know, and overcome mm-hmm. your own humanness to mm-hmm. be able to make that connection, mm-hmm. and that's, it's a very real hard mm-hmm. thing to do sometimes. Yeah, and I think I loved the family dynamic in, in that book, too, of just how much his mom like just was like I love you, you know. Like oh, she just poured over him yes. the whole time, and just how that made a difference in like how he lived his life too, and unconditional yeah, support, of course. Yeah, which, so, which is what which is what moms do. Yeah, should do. So we're all superheroes. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> totally. Tell us about your favorite memoir. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I feel like I need a disclaimer before this one. I think this is the only <laughs> one that definitely has some content in it that I wouldn't be proud of sharing. But I did. I like. I'm surprised that I didn't even know that when I picked it up. Uh-huh. So um, this book is called Some Girls by Jillian Lauren, and she is actually the bass player's wife of Weezer, the band Weezer, oh, the bass player. Yeah. Um. Good old I read this I think I think I told you about this yeah. I was like I was like gushing about this book it like changed 
ah, oh, it changed so much about me, I think. Really? Uh, and, like, it's so weird. Um, so the story is about she, Jillian Lauren, this girl who was raised in, like, New Jersey, uh-huh. decides to be in a harem in Brunei. Like, she works as a stripper, and then she works as an escort, and then she gets this opportunity to be um, in a harem wow. in Brunei, this foreign country. So she gets on a plane, and she goes to Brunei, and she lives in this man's harem. Huh. For years. And it's, like, just shocking. Like, I'm just, like, shocked reading it, realizing that it's a re- And it's in the 90s. Like, it's not like it was years ago. Oh, my God. It's like she, of her own free will, got on this plane and yeah. went to this foreign country. Okay, I'm just having a flash to, like, the Playboy Mansion. I know. <laughs> no. Like, well, she makes, because it, okay, so the writing isn't, like, amazing. It's just really raw and yeah. real about, like, her like what she was going through and she she even writes in there i remember her saying don't worry your kids are not going to turn out like this like this is because of this and this like she goes back into like what happened to her and all these things and so i just i don't know i loved this book and it wasn't necessarily like a happy ending or like i mean it wasn't an awful ending but just i think her realness of like what she went through and mm-hmm. how she was able to tell it, even though it was going to hurt people. And like, I don't know. It just, it was so good to think about someone being so compelled to share their story yes. that way too, you know? Yes. I mean, what a gift. Yeah. And then we get to enjoy and like uh-huh. crawl into their minds for, you know, a while uh-huh. reading it. I think I heard about this. She was on a podcast that I listened to uh-huh. talking about this particular time in her life. And, um, so then I got her book, and it was at the library. Like, I didn't yeah. purchase it or anything. But Although we, yeah, we're um, library fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. And um, this is only, she's written two other books. So this is, I think, her first one, but she's written two other ones, and this is the only one they had at the library. But um, I just love it. Yeah. yeah. She's just such a, a honest person about everything that happened during that, that time. That honesty, that rawness is what I think... You know, that's what people connect yeah. to. Mm-hmm. You yeah. connect to someone else's humanity. Yeah, that's what we do. Yes, for yeah. sure. And and under like I'm not I'm not that type of person. Like, you know what I mean? But, uh, I like, would never be in a harem no, like, <laughs> or an escort or a stripper. As she was walking through it, I'm like, yeah, like I can understand right. what she was doing, and I was like, totally, like, why am I understanding this? That's so weird. <laughs> no, you're dumb. Like, well, we were was... just talking uh, with uh, Sarah in the last episode about, um, well, I don't know what the sequence will be, but we were talking about how there is evidence that reading, like, memoirs and things like that actually helps you to build your empathy. Yes, for and sure. It's like a, it's like a muscle that you're working out by Whereas, being able to tap into that world. Uh-huh, and Otherwise, I, you know, may have hurt her somewhere and been so judgmental. And instead, I'm yes. not. I'm like, okay, I, I get you. Like, like, picture. I get you. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, I think it's funny because I was reading this book and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I didn't know that there was going to be, you know, this bad stuff in it. And Andy's like, it's about a person in a harem. What did you expect? <laughs> Yeah. But um, I was just reading it, and I'm like, I, I didn't even think about 
anyway. Uh-huh. So, recommendations come with a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> if you read on. Harem disclaimer. Yeah, harem, harem disclaimer. <laughs> uh, alert. Caution. Harem things will PG-13, be discussed. PG-13, probably. Oh, yeah. That's, there you go. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> the next one is kind of uh, about love, which might be the opposite of harem things. <laughs> and um, what's your yeah. favorite? Well, you have two. But what's your favorite classic? Okay, I don't even know if Anna Green Gables can be a classic. I don't even know if that's I even yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Okay, so that would, I mean, they were just ones that were always on bookshelves and required reading for me yeah. at one point in my life. So I assumed it was a classic. So <laughs> I, But I, I fell in love with those books. They're thick. And I just remember like gobbling them up, like, and yeah. there there were four I want to say that were written by Lucy Maud Montgomery, Ellen Montgomery. But then I even I think there's another author that picked it up and finished the series, so it even like goes through her her having kids. And um, so I just loved all those books. I still like I just can't wait till my daughter can read those books. I feel like they're such like good girl books yeah you know like when a girl's growing up she needs to know that there was this little redhead that was smart and not very pretty and like (laughs) but had a home somewhere and it was a beautiful home and people loved her you know like I just feel like it's such a good girl story Mm -hmm. that needs to always be in a girl's hands right so um yeah I loved those books and I was able to go there um when I was in high school. Oh. I, I, well, I got to go to um, Avonlea. Well, it's not even... Do you know that it's not even real? What? Like, Prince Edward Island is real, but they made up... Well, of course, it's fiction. I should it's have a known world. that. It's a world. I just assumed <laughs> that, like, it was like Boston, where it's like, you know, you have a setting, uh-huh. but you, you know, just elaborate on the characters, but no, like, Avonlea isn't even a real city. So you got to go where... To Prince was, Edward yeah, Island, yes, yes okay. which has the red dirt, like, from the book, or the movies. Yeah, the movies, which Megan follows or whatever. Uh-huh. But, um, so I got to see all of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> which was so fun for me. I loved that. That was a cool trip. Getting to live in the place, you know, I think that's probably why it's, like, so appealing. You know, you hear about, like, the Harry Potter worlds and things yeah. like that. Like, getting to live and be and mm-hmm. breathe in the place that's inspired mm-hmm. or created because of a book. Yeah. Like, that's yes. cool. Yeah, it was so cool. It's different than, you know, just like a book being turned into a movie or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. So. I, I don't know if I could call it a pilgrimage, but it just, <laughs> it felt That's like awesome, I yes. was, I could like envision and there, yes. you know, and it was With just, me. It, yeah, it was great. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I loved it. I, I'd say that that definitely like qualifies as a classic because okay. I mean, even just the way that I think of classics as, yes, obviously something that's recommended reading, uh-huh. but then also that something is just, like, very pervasive, societal, like, life lesson, coming of age uh-huh. kind of thing that we're going to pass on to our kids, you know? It's never going to go out of style. That right. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think of for I a I feel like any girl could still pick up Anne of Green Gables yeah. and love it just as much as I did. Yeah. So. Seconded. Okay. Yay. I'm glad. Do I get to talk about my other one? Yeah, 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 do it. So, a classic, uh, Pride and Prejudice, yeah, Yeah. by Jane Austen. And I think, um, you know, that one was just intimidating because it was so thick. Uh Uh-huh. But as I got into it, I was, like, laughing out loud, which was surprising because the language was so different. Right. And so, you know, it took me sometimes to read a page 
twice or whatever. But yeah. um, at the end of it, I was like, what a good story. Uh-huh. And it's so old, you know. Right. You don't expect it to, I don't know, be funny or enchanting and, or yeah, yeah. whatever. So I loved it. Yep. But I think I'm not alone in that. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that there was it some. It probably uh, will be. And there was some Jane Austen and other lists. But I don't yeah. know if my daughter will pick it up and read it, you know. <laughs> I yeah. Feel like, I feel like Anne, I don't know. She's she's higher than that for me. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting um like correlation too. Like, is this book good enough for my children mm-hmm. to read it? You mm-hmm. know, um, I think that's really fascinating to think about. That is true. Like, what will the classics be for the next generation? Exactly. What will they be? <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> a different world they live in oh my gosh yeah yeah we'll keep doing this podcast and see you know like years and years and years from yes, now yes the classics are we were 90 come in children how many D and Jenny what is your classic choice tell us your classic Harry Potter uh, okay anyway <laughs> I like to do voices sometimes uh, okay, so tell us about your favorite um, spiritual or religious book. Well, I'm a Christian, and much of my life is defined by being a Christian, so I chose the Bible, obviously. For like my... a good Christian. Yeah, <laughs> of course, kidding. like a good Christian. Um, I, you know, um, it's about the relationship uh, with, that I have with, with Jesus and that I, I love the words. I believe they're true. I believe they have much to offer the world. Um, uh, I feel like they have the answer to offer the world. (laughs) So I I had to put that back down. Yeah. 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 Any particular parts or stories or lessons? So I I went to... Love is real big. Yeah. Well, I went to um, a small Bible school, actually, and got to study the Bible from, like, start to finish Uh and um, didn't really think that I love the Old Testament, uh-huh. didn't really think that I'd find anything that I loved about it, but I really, I really did. I, I feel like, um, understanding who God is, um, and that he's faithful with us from like start to finish mm-hmm. was so important to me and vital for my spiritual growth at the time. And, um, made me, the Old Testament made me appreciate the New Testament for sure. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I have a favorite book. I love Paul. Yeah. He wrote, like, most of the New Testament. Uh-huh. So any of his words, I'm studying Romans right now. So oh, cool. I could say Romans is my favorite. It's probably a lot of people's favorite. It's pretty life-changing. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's interesting to think about, too, though. I mean, obviously, growing up, being Christian and things like uh-huh. that, has your relationship with the Bible changed or evolved? Well, I think th- there comes a time in someone's life when it has to be real for them. You know, yeah. it can't just be what my mom said is true. It can't right. just be what my dad said it's true. It can't just be why we were in the Philippines. It has Mm -hmm. to be something that I believe and that I know and that I trust. And so I think that was, um, pivotal for me, um, in coming to understand the Bible more, more, um, in depth. Mm -hmm. Um, but understanding like who Jesus is and what he did and, um, what he did for me not mm-hmm. just for the world. So, yeah. 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 And it's not just a series of stories, but it is actual the personal connection that you make with it. Like that is the life of it or mm-hmm. the importance of it. Mm-hmm. 
And um, we've talked about this before that the, you know, it's kind of a primer for life. The life lessons that you can learn from it, even if you weren't Christian, you could still pick it up and say, okay, these are, this is how to live a life. Yeah. 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 I'm not Christian, but I was raised Catholic. Um, and I was always struck by the very personal relationships that I saw with the Bible. Mm. You know, it's not anything that I read now, but being in a place where you're observing adults who are not being forced to read the Bible, mm. you know, and who have their beautiful bookmarks and prayer cards and things like that. Mm. And they are able to, you know, turn to certain passages that are really meaningful to mm. them or, you know, have something happen in their lives and they know where they can go mm-hmm. to read about something that they know is going to help them find peace. Mm-hmm. Like that's really, I mean, that's something that stands out to me a lot mm-hmm. when I think about people and how they interact with the Bible. Mm-hmm. So my parents were a part of an organization, an organization that translates foreign languages, um, translates the Bible into oh, people's yeah. languages. Like uh-huh. that's what their organization that they worked for did. Um, and so like, I don't know if people realize how rare it is to just be able to have a Bible in mm-hmm. your own language. Like that's special. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I love that, that you can go to a store. I mean, you can go to a hotel, but that's just not common everywhere. And so I think that I, I definitely, I cherish that, you know, be able mm-hmm. to have it, read it, understand it and live it is just important to me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now we're going into what was your favorite book that made you sob? <laughs> so this one's hard. I, I feel like it doesn't take much to make me cry <laughs> in any book. Me um, either. All like, the feels. If, yeah, but, uh, so I read this one last last year. I started, um, I didn't start a book club. I was in a book club that I start, I finally started reading again. I was like, uh-huh. okay, I got to read again. And um, this book was one of the first ones that I think was on there, um, The Language of Flowers by Vanessa Diffenbaugh. Diffenbaugh? Yeah. Um, and I honestly couldn't even tell you when it was written. And I, it's a fiction book. Mm-hmm. But it's about um, a story of a girl in foster care who, who's been in foster care from, like, birth, and now she's 18 is when the book starts. And she has always had this uh, flower book with her, that like tells you the meaning of flowers. Uh-huh. Um, and, but that, I mean, it plays, obviously that's why it's named. Um, but how she lives through life, like the only thing she really understands is flowers about life. Aww. And I think why I sobbed so much in <laughs> this book is because the author did such a good job of like talking through what she was feeling based on her actions rather than like her emotions. And like, so as she was doing something, I'm like, wait, 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 how did you feel? And like realizing that she probably didn't feel because she like didn't, like she didn't know, like she right. had this like deep trauma to her soul oh, wow. and was like just yeah. walking through her life, like just doing it rather than like feeling anything. Right. And so I would just be bawling like, no, like, oh my uh, goodness, like, yes. you need to be feeling something about that and realizing that she probably wasn't. I was just like bawling oh, through that gosh. book. So. I think having kids for sure, but even knowing like foster care and what it is now and stuff, mm-hmm. just, I, I don't, I'm not really a part of that world. And so reading a little story, even though it's fictionalized, um, but I feel like 
I have like same with wonder how much it touched me as a special needs parent. Right. I can relate to the things that he goes through. Just like I feel like it was so I don't know, real in a sense of like I'm sure that's how, you know, someone goes oh, through life. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. Oh, and that's so sad to think about. That yeah, that is a reality. It was, it was a sad book. I think it ends happy. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember. But I remember that just I just bawled through that book. So yeah, it's, it's not very big. I liked it a lot. Oh, it says that it was written in 2012. Okay. Oh, so yeah, yeah, fairly. But I loved it. She like in the back of the book, it even says what flowers mean. And so oh, I, I love yeah, that. I know. And I didn't know that flowers had meanings. Like there's actually, mm. you know, I didn't. Well, and there are so many different flowers um, that when you make them into, like, tinctures and things like that, they can um, connect very literally to different, um, like, needs, like, um, for depression or anxiety or anything like that. And so that's fascinating to think about, that correlation between flowers and our emotions, Uh like, and how they can Well, so she starts working at a flower shop, and this isn't giving anything away. And she, like, gets more customers because they'll come to her and be like, make me a, a bouquet. For my wife, who I want to like please oh, or something, and she'll be able to pick flowers oh that like gosh. I know, and it means it I does, it does what that. she says. So it's really cool. That's just amazing. and like yeah, nothing voodoo or spiritual about it. Right, it's right. just like she knows what it means to a person. Right. So, right. Yeah, I loved it. Wow. Isn't that great that she's able to pass on the love that maybe that she didn't experience herself? Yeah, or she oh, even like make feel herself. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So and it does. Yeah, it's just a sad story. So sad story. Oh. But at the same time, it, yeah. Beautiful. It, it's a beautiful book. Yes. <laughs> Bittersweet. Were you alone when you read it? <laughs> Were you Probably. painting and crying? I wasn't painting. It was definitely a hardcover from the library for sure. Yeah. So um yeah, I can't remember. I was probably just sensitive at the time. So. <laughs> but it did make me ball. Some kind of hormones going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, completely swinging the pendulum back the other way, um, tell us about your favorite like inspirational book, something that was uplifting. Okay, so I feel like a lot of my books are kind of sad. Okay. <laughs> sad world war Two. yeah uh, that's kind of weird. i like books that have a story and so this one um is i think just came out last year it's called hope heals by jay and katherine wolf and so um the story in itself is not uplifting or inspirational but um the end is really so a, a young couple them that couple is a memoir uh-huh how many memoirs have I had here? Um, they, the wife has a huge brainstem stroke. She's 27 years old oh and just gosh. like has just had a baby. And oh, tragic. Been, I know. Oh my God. And has this brainstem stroke and has to have this huge surgery and barely survives. And then like healing through that. So like years of rehab, like, and she'll never be the same. Like she was this model and now she is paralyzed on one side of her face. And, like, is in a wheelchair. And I know. This is so sad. Oh, like, I can't believe we're, like, ending on this. So, um, <laughs> but, um, so I heard her again on a podcast. And, um, like, she speaks now to audiences and stuff. And what I love about her story is, well, the fact that they made it through their marriage, obviously. Oh, yes. Like, with him. I mean, him from his side. But, you know, her from her side. It's just amazing that they're such a strong couple still. But, um. What I love is that she says, you know, we all have 
scars, mine are just visible now. Like, oh. I'm, like, this walking, like, scar of, of, of what yeah. you've been mm-hmm. through. So I love her, um, like, attitude through it all. Yeah. It's just wonderful. But, yeah. So, and it's a reminder that, like, like short, you know, they just talked about how their life was perfect. And then one day it wasn't. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah, you have to have the right mindset going into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I would cry at this book, yes, too. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. Well, yeah, I don't know. It was touching. I did. I bawled through good, A good cleansing cry. A good cleansing you know. cry. Yeah. 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 Put it back in perspective. Yes, for sure. And, like, I at one point, she's talking about how they were in this rehab facility with all these weirdos around them. You know, oh, like, all right. these disabled people. Yeah. And she's like, I am one of those people now. Weird. Oh, my gosh. And, like, that I'm, is so bizarre to think about. Just the fact that she was able to, like, put that into words. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like, those are her people now. And how... I think we, I mean, that happens to any of us when we go through a stage like, you know, mothers are my people now type of thing where I'm at, but like how that would change if you have something traumatic or an experience happen to you. Like these are, these are who I got. That's so, with these people. Yes. So interesting to think about like, and I'm sure that there's, I mean, I remember this as a new mom too. Like there's a point of like isolation in between the transition between like life before and then life after you know, and so, like, yes, eventually you do come to realize, like, these are my people now, mm-hmm. this is my tribe, this is mm-hmm. who I'm supposed to resonate with and mm-hmm. everything, but there is that little isolated, like, bubble, it seems like, at least in my life this happened, you know, where I felt like, who who, who am I, who have I been up until this point, mm-hmm. who am I now, and who am I going to be, mm-hmm. and that little space, like, encapsulated me, almost, mm-hmm. and I can imagine, you know, with you describing what the woman was going through and everything, her going through that trauma and then coming into that new situation, that new reality of there was a space between her understanding like who her people were and where she belonged. Yes. You know, the disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. So like that feeling, oh man, I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. And And going back to normal life after, you know, talking about quote normal. Yeah. Right. These aren't, I mean, you know, that feeling of just, I don't fit here anymore. Right. Because I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. So. And maybe also that, that conflict of not wanting them to be her people. Oh. Yes. Yes. And exactly. then, and then if you are a nice person, when you feel that conflict, then you're like, oh, I'm oh, really bad. I'm an awful person because I, I thought this. But reading her, her words in that and realizing, you know, having empathy with her, obviously, but then being in her space and being like, no, that's not bad to feel that way. Of right. course you would feel, you know, right. like you're yep. able to like not judge Yeah. for that. Anyway, it was so good. That's awesome. Such a good book. I recommend it highly. And it's new as well. So, Very new and cool. old books. Oh, yes. Awesome gamut. Definitely a theme <laughs> of rising above. Yes. And... <laughs> what a wonderful story about Achieving. your mom. They're kind of all overcoming. over the place. I don't yeah. really feel like, anyway. That's but, awesome. No, yeah. absolutely. Your favorites for right now are for perfect right now. Yeah. for where you are right now. That's it true. makes total sense. So thank you for letting us into your world yes. through books. Of course. <laughs> I hope I have new favorites next time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, when we post the podcast, we'll be listing out what your favorites are okay. so that we can all reference back and yeah, we can see if the needle moves okay. when we, uh, when we come back again Sounds sometime. Good. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Thank you guys. Thanks again for being here. <laughs>
That was such a fun interview. She was delightful to talk to. <laughs> she was. She's really a great friend, but the things that you learn or find out about people during these interviews is so awesome, and I loved that interview a yeah. lot. I loved it very, very much. Yeah, I had a comment from one of my friends who listened to uh, Sarah's episode, and she said that she never would have realized how much you could learn about somebody by talking about their favorite books. Yes, so, I'm so excited. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> the whole reason for this. Yes, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's jump into our favorites. Okay, so our favorites for the week. What's yours? Um. Well, first off, everybody knows how sick I've been. Uh. <laughs> and I don't have a good favorite, but I have been watching a TV show. So I know it's not our favorite TV shows, but I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> Um, I am obsessed with the magicians on sci-fi, like crazy obsessed with it. And it's funny because like one of my earlier favorites was the discovery of witches and the show is kind of like, they're basically witches. You're on like the same thing. I, well, to be perfectly honest, everyone, I love any kind of story about witches for some reason. I have no idea. Anyway. Bring on the witches. (laughs) Right. So if you get an opportunity to watch it, it's like the sexy, dangerous, crazy version of Harry Potter. Ooh, that's really interesting. We're watching Harry Potter as a family right now. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I got my son started on, I happened to be at a thrift store, and um, so he's got this old, um, uh, like, jam box thing, and it has a tape player in it, Uh and um, I found Harry Potter first book, on audio cassette nice. at the thrift store. Oh and so then I bought it for him. So he's listening to it too. That's so cool. Taking it old school. I know. <laughs> he's very excited about uh-huh. this. <laughs> um, well, my favorite for the week is music. Okay. Um, I have been listening the crap out of, listening to the crap out of Ben Folds. I, I've been a huge Ben Folds fan for a long time. Um, but he has a concerto for piano that he plays with different symphonies, um, and it is so delightful. If you have never really gotten into a symphonic performance before, but you want to try something out, this is a great place to start. So definitely look up Ben Folds, their, his piano concerto, all three movements. I mean, I sound like kind of a dork, but like, <laughs> all three movements are delightful, and especially if you're ben, a Ben Folds fan, he doesn't necessarily do like callbacks to any of his songs with Ben Folds 5 or anything like that, but you can just kind of tell that it's him speaking through the music. And okay. yeah, and he's a fabulous pianist and the symphony sounds so good. Now, didn't you go see them? Yeah, in we saw, recently. Okay. I, well, I've seen him with two symphonies. Um, I've seen him with the Kansas City Symphony that was at Kaufman. And then um, we saw him with the Colorado Symphony at Red Rocks. So I'm kind of obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) But give yourself, you know, I think it's about 20 minutes long, something like that, all three movements. So give yourself about 20 minutes to sit down and listen to it. You know, you can listen to it while you're working, but I highly recommend. Okay. Ben Folds. I'm going to have to listen to that too. Cool. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time on the Favorites Podcast. Bye.